Hello everyone, welcome back to the Green and the Milner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. And today, this is your life, Sam Milner, with Michelle. Oh, <laughs> explain a little bit more. Um, so, me and Michelle used to live in the same town when we were very, very young. Very young. So I think we went to play school together and, and play junior football together when we were about seven or eight. And before then as well, so... I have a really good memory of it because I have a bizarre memory where I can go really far back. I'm not entirely sure how much she remembers. If she remembers me at all, I'm not very memorable. So, but yes, we we get to reminisce slightly uh, about our, our junior days. But uh, yeah, it's a small world, isn't it? A very, very small world. Michelle is obviously a fantastic presenter and pitside reporter. Um, for Sky Sports, she is on Soccer Saturday and Soccer Special regularly. And she was very recently on Quest, who have the rights to the EFL highlights. And she was on, she's been the main presenter for the last two weeks there. So, um, a woman with some fantastic experience in this industry that I think, like she says, I'm not going to spoil it too much. When you get in, it's brilliant, but it takes a long, difficult journey to get in, doesn't it, son? Yeah. Um, She's one of the best around, really. I mean, she has a great relationship with um, uh, with Jeff Sellen on Soccer Saturday. They've got a great rapport. She's um, she's one of the best ones out there. And, and as you will hear, um, hard work just pays off, doesn't it? Like 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 it does with loads of other of our guests that we've had. The the the, the current theme is hard work and and talent is an unbeatable combination. She hard work is. The, the main story I got from this, the mindset of I want to get to the top and it's going to probably take me a lot of hard work, just a lot of difficult decisions. She mentions that she was working in an SU bar till about two o'clock in the morning and then she was going on hospital radio at six in the morning to do her own programme. And, and that's what you have to do almost to, to make ends meet and to discover your dreams, Sam. Yeah, I mean, I know exactly where she's coming from. I once did a DJ set until 3am in a uh, local pub nightclub to get up at 5 to cut the greens on a Sunday morning where I used to work at a golf course. So similarities, you know, that's that's how we do things in uh, in the rural part of the country. So that's just another week. But no, look, look, what she's, well, look at what she's done for herself. She's absolutely superb. She's a really, really nice person and... Um, She's she's going to go far. I mean, it, it, it would come to no surprise if she was um, presenting, you know, a real big series of football on um, on Sky or BBC soon or whatever, because she's um, she's bloody good at what she does. Exactly, and hard work gets you to the top, and she's certainly on the way there. She's not already on there that journey, shall we say? Uh, big thanks to our sponsor, BF Fifty Two. At this point, BF Fifty Two are the main sponsors of Greenwood Mall and the show on Newcastle Fans TV. And you can get eight cans of beer, IPA or lager or stout for £5.95. If you've got any last-minute Christmas shopping, this is the perfect place. Or if you're looking for the best start of 2021, because obviously 2020 hasn't been great, then beer52.com forward slash NFTV is the place to be. Uh, Sam, just finally, Michelle talks about the relationship with a former guest of the Greenwood Mall and the show, Pete Graves, as an anchor on Sky Sports News. It's a, dr- a dream job probably for me, I probably I imagine for you as well, but um, it's it's good. Little, it's a good little moment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
some real good people there, um, as we've heard from uh, Pete and as you will hear from Michelle. It's um, guys who love, guys and girls who who love um, sport, love football, and and are living the dream, aren't they? It's um, like you say, we can only uh, dream of stuff like that. But you know, hard work's a current theme, which we're doing as well. So we're going to be millionaires in twenty twenty one. This time next year. Hmm. Easy. Easy. Well, without any further ado, it is the Green and Mullins show with Michelle Owen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Green and Mullins show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Alongside myself, Jonathan Greenwood, and Sam Mullins, my co-host, of course, is Sky Sports' very own Michelle Owen. Michelle, welcome to the show. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Sam, you and Michelle go back a long way by the look of it. Yeah. Uh, long time no see. I know, right? And you can't, I'm so sorry, you can't even see me because I've had to get on and put you on hands free and get to a game. So apologies, you can't actually see my face because I'm being it's all safe and legal. It's only, it's only been 20 years. So, uh, I know, right? But, so, so, what, what was then? Um, we, were we, a, we were at nurse, was it nursery or play group? Yeah, I mean, whatever you want to call it, play school, shout out Wellington Road, Newport, Shropshire. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you remember from that time. I, my my, my memory is very limited. And, of course, we, we played youth football together at Nova United. Yeah. So that was my first ever, ever team. And, like, I remember going and my mum and dad being like, what are you doing? Like, just my family just wasn't into football at all. And I, I don't really know why I liked it, but I went to the first training session, like, trainers, didn't have boots, and was, like, slipping and sliding everywhere. And then I got some proper boots, and I was I was so happy. But I remember the play group was decent. We had like a, a wooden bridge. But yeah, we were only young, weren't we? So um, we were. I yeah. seem to remember. I think yeah. I went to your house once. Did you? Didn't your garden have like a big hill going down it or something? Yeah, our garden. Well, this is it. If it's just perception, because we were small. But I felt like our garden was massive, and it's all been built on now, so it's it's not even there anymore. But it had like a really steep hill going down to the bottom, and then my dad was always like, "Don't play football." on the bottom bit it's too muddy <laughs> but um yeah I, I kind of remember that it's so I mean yeah we're going back a bit aren't we so it was uh it was great I love Newport and then yeah we moved away when I was sort of nine years old in the end so um good memories though and yeah my first ever football team and I remember I think the coach was called Adrian wasn't he yeah yeah Adrian Hughes um, and he was such a nice man and my mum was like you must phone him and say thank you that you're leaving you know like when you're an awkward kid and you have to phone someone so um, I remember thanking him and everything. And, yeah, I went on to play, really, until a year and a half ago. So, first ever football team. Are you still playing? Just... God, no. I'm an overweight 31-year-old father of two. five-a-side, <laughs> <laughs> come on. <laughs> oh, God, no. I wouldn't I've been trying to get him to play five-a-side, Michelle. You just won't have it. We're trying to have a charity football game every year. And I've just said to him about 20 minutes ago that he needs to get in the right shape for this game that we're trying to organise yeah, for next no year. Yeah, no excuses. Can't use your kids as an excuse. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but Michelle, where did the dream of becoming a sports journalist start from? Because you've talked about being, obviously, a footballer, enjoying playing football, but when did it turn to the journalistic side of things? Um, well, yeah, I think everyone, like, everyone that loves football as a kid wants to be a footballer, but really, it was never when I was growing up, it was never going to be a viable career option. And as it is now, like, it is for women, which is amazing. But I also, I wouldn't have been good enough. Like, I was all right, but probably not good enough to ever get paid even nowadays. So um, I always just was so interested 
in reporting and you support to match the day and then the premiership when it went on to ITV as it was called then now the Premier League um, and all we had was terrestrial TV so I didn't grow up with Sky or anything like that just as I said family's not into football but I just loved watching it and I loved reading like my I used to buy Match I used to have subscriptions to that and it was just all the coverage I was like oh god like this is a dream isn't it like work this is work and so I just always had my eye on it and then I thought about doing news. I did a lot of work experience in news, but it was just too serious for me and, to be honest, too depressing. Um, so when I was sort of 16, I started doing radio, like volunteering. And then pretty much, to put a long story short, from the ages of sort of 16 to 21, I just did work experience anywhere that would take me. And I did hospital radio and community radio and student radio. So just did a few shows a week on them and really, I guess, learned just how to start broadcasting. Did a bit of writing as well and then when i was 21 i was meant to go to cardiff journalism school but i didn't want to go it just you know when something doesn't feel right um and it was a very newsy based course and i was like this isn't for me i don't think it was also very expensive um and then right at the last minute just before i used to go i got a job on the radio and while i was at that doing that job on the radio they let me go to game local games and i sort of built up um like a, a portfolio i guess of all the games i went to mm. And kept my best reports and i'd done work experience at sky when i was 20 and just you know what it's like it's who you know not what you know most of the time and i managed to get the right contact and soccer saturday took a chance on me in well seven years ago now and it all that all went from there that side of things but i've been doing radio for a few years before that so radio was where i started and then a few years after sort of juggling radio and the football side of things i decided to take the step just to do the football and the sport full time so it's been a very gradual thing. Um, I think people sort of see you and they're like, oh, that's amazing. But as you as you know, it's a lot of hard work behind the scenes and a lot of volunteering and, you know, doing things you don't really want to do sometimes. I used to finish in the student bar at like 2 a.m. I'd get up at 6 a.m. to go and host like a breakfast show for free. And yeah, where I was doing the breakfast show for free is where I got my first paid work. And where I got that work is what led to the, the football reports. So it's weird, you know, it's just weird the way things tie in. Um, and it still amazes me, like the way things in life just sort of, I don't know, it, like they sort of intertwine. And that, I guess that's that's part of just crossing paths with people because actually the media is quite a small industry and there's a lot of people that you cross paths with over and over again. So um, once, I think it's, it's so, so hard to get in, but once you are in, you know, it's not easier, but you just know certain people and, and who you should talk to. <laughs> and then you just have to hope they like you. So, yeah, they well, think you're all right. So, yeah, that's, sorry, that was meant to be a long story short, but it was quite long. <laughs> well, this, this is it. You, you've done yourself down a bit early on there because you were a fair player from what I remember back in the day. <laughs> well, I remember we had those massive white shirts that went down to my knees. And yeah. I've got some photos at home as well. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll send you a photo later when I get home from this game. Yeah. Stick it up on the on the pod. I, I, do you know what? I was looking. I got my mum to go through some old photos from when we were really little. Um, yeah. Of play school and like carnival days, but she couldn't find any. Oh, did you ever come on the carnival float that my parents did? We used to raise money to get a sports centre in Newport, and my parents were fundraisers. And we used to get an old tractor and a massive trailer. And we all used to, used to sit on it and go through Newport Carnival. I'll have, to, I'll have a little look when I get home, see if I can find some. That, ring, that rings a, a bell vaguely. But um, yeah. 
And, and Johnny, this is it. I mean, l- listening to Michelle there with her uh, with her hard work, it just goes to show if we keep plugging away, Mister Greenwood, w- you know, it's a matter of time before Spotify come with a hundred million dollars for us. I'm, surpri- I'm, su- I'm surprised they haven't they haven't come already. To be honest with you, Sam. But um, I think the one thing I would like to say, Michelle, is that you know you've you've had to do a lot of hard work to get where you are now. When you're at the position that you're at now, Michelle, where do you feel most comfortable? Because it, it might be easy to say, well, I feel more comfortable working on Saturday, every Tuesday and Saturday, or the radio. But what do you actually enjoy and, and actually like the most, really? Yeah. Well, it's been bloody freezing tonight. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> oh, I really enjoy this night. No, I love it. I mean, I've done Soccer Saturday for seven years now, so I do feel really comfortable. With it. And it's not to say, I don't really say I get nervous anymore, but I'm always like, you know, little on edge because you're going on TV. But I just always feel like I'm talking to one person. Whether it's Jeff or Jules, I, like genuinely, I don't think about who's watching or whatever. It doesn't really bother me. And I think that's because of my radio background. But then, you know, I do love doing five live because it's very intimate. And like, I know whoever's listening is probably in their car or perhaps it's someone that doesn't have Sky, so they're listening and keeping across everything there. Um, so I, it's a bit of a cop out answer, really. <laughs> but I really like both. And then I did, you know, I have presented in Sky Sports News, which is just giving me such such a good grounding to go and do other things and that gave me so much confidence because that is just crazy anything can happen i think a lot of people watch sky sports news and you just read an auto cue but there's a lot more going on than that you know you've got three four people in your ear and there's breaking sports news and there's stories that you have to be across not just football but other sports f1 you know tennis rugby whatever and i did the quest highlights the last few weeks just covering for colin and i have to say like i felt so much more comfortable because i'd done that so everything you do just makes you feel more comfortable in the next thing you do and it's just experience so like you guys you know you're super comfortable with each other with your super super comfortable doing this podcast it's just like miles isn't it literally miles in a car the more you do the happier and more comfortable you feel 100 percent. and sam we spoke to pete graves obviously who does uh, you love peter (laughs) i think everybody does he's a massive who doesn't love pete I know, he's one of them, isn't he? He's, he's just one yeah. of, like, he can actually be, like, in the nicest way, really annoying when you're on air. Like, <laughs> he's so funny, and he's, he's like, laid back, but he's such a nice guy, like, he's just someone that could get away with anything, you know what I mean? He's, uh, he's a lovely man. Of course, and we, we spoke to Pete and Michelle, and um, Sam, I'm sure you can echo this as well, that the buzz of being live on Sky Sports News, and you talk about the breaking news, the breaking news stories, and if something major happens, obviously you obviously hope it's always good stuff that happens, but occasionally the, there are some sad moments on there. But Sam, I can only imagine what that buzz feels like. Well, go, go, yeah. yeah, my camera just called me and he said, like, we have, we, we've, got, we've got a terrible view tonight, like we're in the corner flag, so tonight could be that night. But um, there's been moments like <laughs> where we've had to do deaths on air, which has been really, really difficult. Like, uh, and then when I was on Sky, um, I think I'd be better at dealing with them now as time has gone on. So that's never nice. Um, but yeah, I think I've been, I mean, I think you just have to be honest if you don't see something um, rather than try and make it up, you know, because I'm sure you guys have been at games where you've missed something. But then again, like you're being paid to be there and watch it. So you should really be watching. Um, so unless, you know, there's, there's always circumstances of things that happen and, and you can be distracted or, you know, I've had like people, it's only happened a couple of times with people being idiots in the crowd and you've had to deal with it and then there's stuff going on, on the pitch. So that's always a bit. Yeah. But yeah. Oh. 
I was going to say, Michelle, it's, it's in. Try yeah. when you're a little bit. Yeah, sorry, continue, Michelle, sorry. As you say, like when you're a little bit sleep deprived as well. Oh, yes, know the feeling. It's, it's a little bit harder, but um, yeah, I think, um, you know, with Cammy, he's just so funny. Like, he's so funny. <laughs> if he, again, another one that can get away with anything, but there's a perception of Cammy, I think. And I think it's a little bit wrong sometimes, not saying your perception, but he works so hard. I used to like finish doing a game on a Saturday. I'd get home at like eight, nine in the evening. I get up at, well, I thought this was hard. I get up at like two in the morning, go down and do um, a breakfast show on Sky or Sky Sports News, whatever. He was already there when I got there. I got there at 4 a.m. and he'd been in for an hour in the edit suite for goals on Sunday. So he works incredibly hard and um, is also hilarious in real life. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Um, we spoke. We've also spoken to Gabriel Clark, and obviously you mentioned ITV in terms of obviously they used to have the Premiership back in the early two thousands, and that's something I can remember. Um, he talked about going to games and the anticipation of not knowing what happens is just a fantastic feeling every time he reports a game, has to do interviews with managers, which you obviously have had a lot of experience with. Is that? Another thing that keeps you on your toes, if you like, because you don't know what's going to happen night to night here at Cheltenham, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think I think that's the amazing thing about any game. Like some people, sometimes you get tweets and oh, you've got the short straw. I'm like, well, not really. I'm at a football match, and I'm so so fortunate that I'm here being paid for it. Like, what more could you want? It doesn't matter if it's League Two, League One, EFL Trophy, FA Cup, Premier League Championship. I don't care. Like, I just want to be at games because. Like Gabriel said, you, you never know what's around the corner and or, or you never know how a manager's going to react, which isn't fun when they're on a bad run and you have to interview them. Some are all right, but some do get a little bit a little bit funny. And, and then sometimes you have run-ins with managers and, and now, like, more than ever, I'd feel like if, if I didn't feel something was fair, then I would say something. Like, I guess the older you get, the more you feel like you can say things. But, but like you said, you go into a game, I've got no idea what's going to happen tonight. Like, the ridiculous thing tonight is Portsmouth, like... <laughs> got to the final last year and they haven't even played the final yet and we're in the next round next year of the competition so it's just little things like that like that show in the last year we've seen how unpredictable life can be literally so football to have football back is just such a delight and I think we all missed it so much so just like fans never know what's around the corner we never do either and I love that yeah it is just the most natural form of drama isn't it it's just you couldn't yeah it's it. it is brilliant but recently we, we saw like um Jurgen Klopp versus Des Kelly have you ever had a run in yet I know I know you get on quite well with like Neil Warnock so that that's one that you can kind of get away with straight away because he can be a bit prickly at times but have you ever had a, an incident where you think oh okay this is uh getting a bit hairy yeah absolutely Keith Pearl's been a bit funny with me a few times like you know, sometimes he, like, he was a bit funny when he was a player as well. He loved a red card. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he's been a bit tricky a few times. Just when when they've lost, and Lee Johnson as well when he's at Bristol City could be a bit funny. Um, but then again, like sometimes he was fine. Um, some managers are just—I'm not saying those two are—but some managers just do get a bit moody because the pressure they're under is so immense. You know, it's, they live result to result. Neil Harris did the week at Cardiff. He said himself he was under massive pressure going into uh, the Luton game because they weren't doing very well. And then he smashes out of the park. He's got three wins in a row and three clean sheets. But if he lost the Luton game, yeah, they're under this immense pressure, um, which is hard to imagine. Um, I know they love what they do. 
but we are often the second point of contact after the dressing room and, and sometimes we are a place for their frustrations which i think you saw with des kelly and he handled it brilliantly because i think he's a bit of stick, stick before i don't know him he had a lot of stick when liverpool were in the champions league and he didn't let jordan henderson go over to the team in that moment um but you know it's because he would have been under pressure from someone in his ear to, to finish the interview. So I think what I did with Jurgen Klopp was, was great for every reporter out there, just saying, well, hold on a minute, it's not our fault, and we're just doing our jobs as well. So I'm, I'm not for one second complaining, because what we do is ridiculous, and I don't know why we call it a job. But um, it, it's, it's just, yeah, we're the first point of contact, well, second point of contact after the dressing room. And often we, we receive a lot of their feelings, shall we say. Yeah, well, you're probably the first person they're probably going to speak to that isn't, let's just say, biased because obviously you're, you're neutral going into that game. What is the mindset like, Michelle, when, you, when you're through the game? So when you're obviously arriving at Cheltenham, for example, today, to when you're leaving Cheltenham to go back to your, your family home, what is the mindset professionally going on with the game? What do you think about through the game? What do you think about after the game? When do you start thinking of what questions you're going to answer? How does it all work from your perspective? Well, I've got like a couple of like pages of prep, just a few stats and things. And like, I know Portsmouth are going to change the whole 11, which is really annoying. So I'm already thinking, right, we're going to have to go and find out a bit more about these young players starting tonight. You know, who are they? Why are they playing? Why has he picked them? So I'll go and ask their media officer. Or if I see Kenny Jacket, I maybe try and grab a word off, off record. Uh, I know I've got five to do with Michael Duff. And I know we're talking about um, Black Lives Matter and taking the knee which is obviously a subject that you want to get, you know, accurate and you don't want to say the wrong thing with that, especially with everything that's going on at the moment. You want to be fed and make a good interview. So we've got a live of that. So do that, get that out of the way and then go get the team news. And then when, when the game's going on, I'm just thinking about the game really, um, finish the game, go do post-match depending what's happened. And, and that's the process really, that's it. And then I just pretty much... <laughs> clock off when I when I leave the stadium I try not to think about it too much unless I made a mistake or something and then I hate myself for the rest of the evening but, um... <laughs> uh, yes I know the feeling all too well as Johnny keeps reminding me after my Keith Gillespie faux pas <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah like god yeah I hate making a mistake and probably sometimes people might not even notice but you know and you're like oh damn it and I have oh, a with mine, if that makes you feel any better they notice mine <laughs> <laughs> I, I told basically I told Keith Gillespie that he played in an FA Cup final for Newcastle when he really didn't <laughs> and what did he say no I didn't <laughs> he said no I, I didn't I was injured and it was the lowest point of my career yeah no I made a massive faux pas I'm not I'm, I won't like name names but basically uh, a little while ago I was talking about a country's um, final game and if they could qualify but they couldn't qualify I think it was for the Euros for the World Cup or something. And the player was an absolute like diamond. But uh, he's like, oh, no, actually, you can't. I was like, oh, God, no, of course you can't. You lost to such and such. I was like, I'm so sorry. And it was awful. It was awful. And I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. Um, but he was, he was lovely about it. But obviously, yeah, we all make mistakes. But, yeah, I try not to. But that's, that's pretty much it, really. I don't try and overcomplicate anything. I try and keep things simple. You know, you'll hear a lot of reporters throwing a million stats, and that's fine. But I also think... There's something to be said for trying to paint a picture of the game, you know, and, and I think anyone can find stats online if you look hard enough. Yeah, it's harder for League One, League Two, EFL Trophy. It is harder to try and find them. And it's nice to have some, but also just to paint the picture of the game, because that's what reporting commentary is all about. And that's what you should 
should be doing as well. And the best commentators, I, I, it's a personal opinion, but the, I think the best commentators can do that. They can sum up what's happening in the game in a couple of lines. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, well, the, the final question, Michelle, obviously we know you've got a lot of busy work going on tonight. Um, what is the end goal for you in your career? What is it that you'd like to do permanently? Or are you very happy, very content with the way things are going now? Because you look at, obviously you mentioned very recently that you've been working on Quest with the likes of Sam Allardyce we've seen on Saturday, um, obviously being the main presenter for the EFL. Would that be something you'd like to do long term? Or is, is it the Premier League that you'd like to maybe be a presenter for? What is the Have you got your eye on Jeff Stelling's job? Exactly. <laughs> God, I'll tell you what, Jeff Stelling's job is so hard. I generally don't know if I could do it. Like, it's, I think it's the hardest presenting job in football. But, I mean, it's, again, cop-out answer. I don't really know because, like, we had our son just over a year ago and I just sort of thought, oh, well, we're going to have to take stock for a little bit. I'll just get back into working. And then the call came to do the EFL highlights and it was such a surprise. It made me think, oh, OK. And then I had some nice feedback about it. Um and I did really enjoy it. So it's made me think a little bit, well, yeah, I might like to do some more presenting in the long term, whether it was EFL or Premier League. I love the EFL. Like, I love it. I think it's, like, just as good as the Premier League. And it has so many different stories. Um, I mean, like, God, I think everyone's job would, to pre- do, would be to present Match of the Day. But then again, like, you're not getting out to live games, are you? So I'm selfish and I want it all, really. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what the future holds, you know. A lot of it is, is personal choice and I think if people like you and, and people at the top have to like you as well. So it's all down to personal opinion and, and personal choice. And I've had opportunities to sign contracts before with, with various people, but I've not really wanted to get too tied down into things. So I like being freelance and I like doing lots of different things. So I'm not quite sure. I mean, God, if, if I was just to carry on doing what I'm doing for the next 30 years, I'd be very, very happy. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, it was great presenting for the last couple of weeks as well. But I was also lucky. I was I was out of games in between. So I um, uh, just want my cake and eat it, basically, to answer your question, <laughs> which doesn't really answer your question. <laughs> oh, it does. It does, Master. I do appreciate it. Well, Michelle, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Green Room on the show. I know you and Sam could probably talk for about two hours just about probably your own lives together growing up. But um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Sam, I'll let you have the final say on this one before we end it. Yeah. Uh, good crack. Let's not leave it twenty years next time. <laughs> okay, it got it's got to be more than twenty years. Cause it probably is. Yeah. Yesterday, so uh, yeah, amazing. Well, I'll get those photos over to you later, Sam. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Who knows? You might be in them. See if you can spot yourself. You've changed oh, a bit. So I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Some would say he hasn't changed, but um. <laughs> anyway, Michelle, thank you so much for your time, and again, best of luck with your future career, and obviously, obviously, all the health of your family as well. Um. Another fantastic episode of the Greenwood and Mulner show. And we'll see you all very, very soon.